Well, uh, hello, everybody. The clock says it is one minute past the hour where we should be starting a docket. So I guess it's important and we should start the docket. Well, no, it is important. I'm just not going to, you know, say that again because it didn't sound like I was too terribly committed to the show. Anyways, I totally am. This is uh, this is awesome. I look forward to this every single Thursday. Uh, this is Face Radio. Once again, we do this every Thursday from 7 to 10 p.m. Uh, Pacific time. And as usual, I have a partner in crime with me, somebody who I could not do this show without. And the Lady Viking. That's the Lady Viking. Um, two of my fine panelists. Uh, well, actually, one of my panelists showed up, and then I have a surprise panelist showing up. Um, my my regular uh, staunch good friend here. Hey, it's Chip DeVille. Mr. Chip DeVille. I'm kind of a nerd. Kind of, yeah. Just kind of. And then uh, <laughs> a big surprise here. I haven't seen this woman's face since uh, uh, we did Ladies Night two weeks ago. Literally have not seen her face since ladies night two weeks ago. Oh, wow. You're right. Yep. You're a bad I friend. I thought about that. I was out of town. It was a holiday. Got <laughs> me some slack. It's okay, I suppose. I'm only your mail service and, uh, you know, the guy takes you out to lunch occasionally. <laughs> <laughs> when are you going to take me out to lunch, Harrison? Jeez. Oh my God! Damn, you got me there. When you grow <laughs> He's like, teeth. no, I'm not. Yeah, no, no. I, I was going to say something about breasts, but that would have been yeah. sexy. I have breasts too. They're just not nearly as, you know, nice or big or, you know. Anyways, hairless. whenever we start the show, <laughs> we always start the show with a song. And do you guys know what song that is? I think it's time to make a call. Oh yeah? Who should we call? The Doctor. The Doctor. <laughs> the official theme song for Face Radio. This is Cat Robo Show and the Darling Misfits with somebody called The Doctor. Big shout out to Cat because this upcoming weekend uh, means that I've got one week before I get to go see her uh, in a private concert with... Sarah Monster. With the Sarah Monster. <laughs> I thought you were going to say my name. I was like, what? No. No. And then the following week, uh, Echoplex Media is going uh, two tables deep, I think, uh, this, this time again. Uh, we're going to be sitting front row and center for Cat's... Wild Women, both taking place at the Great Star. Actually, no, one taking place at the Great Star Theater. The other place is, uh, well, a super secret location that I can't tell any of you about Cause, because I'll you're not in the it. know. <laughs> Anyways, this is Cat Robo Show with somebody call the doctor, the official theme song for Face or Radio. It's an emergency.
always like doing that. <laughs> Welcome to Face Radio, everybody. It is now a little after 8 o'clock, and you've just heard the official theme song by Cat Robo Show and the Darling Misfits. It's called Somebody Call the Doctor. I'm going to introduce my panel here really quick. There's me, of course, the super narcissist on the panel, fucking Harrison. The Lady Viking. The Lady Viking. And Chip DeVille. Chip DeVille. Huzzah. Huzzah. I have to give a big uh, shout out to uh, uh, a gentleman who passed recently, Ron Glass, um, probably better known as uh, Shepherd Book on uh, Serenity and Firefly. Um, it's a very sad day indeed. Yeah, it was really sad when that news was uh, announced last week. Just another person and included in the tumult of persons that have uh, passed away this year. Um, but, you know, I, I absolutely loved him in Firefly and Serenity. And, um, you know, when I mentioned it to my mom, she's like, oh, my God, Barney Miller. You know, so, you know, this guy's been around for a long time. So we, we at least wanted to say, you know, Ron, thank you very much for everything you, you did for us. And, um, you know, we wish you well. Yeah, this has been a really shitty year for people dying. Yeah. I mean, this has been terrible. When when they do the Academy Awards next year, the in memoriam section is going to suck. Oh yeah. Absolutely. It's gonna and it's gonna go on for like twenty minutes. <laughs> so it's gonna double suck. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just it, you know, ugh, it's not gonna swallow either. Terrible. Yeah. Um, um I, I was actually so I was like reading his bio because like I knew like I had like I saw the picture. Uh, I'd actually like seen it on another uh, feed before reading the docket, like uh, when he had passed. And then I was like reading about him. I was like, holy shit. He was on like he got his start on uh, Sanford and Son, which was like one of my favorite shows growing up. For some reason, I'd always like thought that show was fucking hilarious, mostly just because like Red Fox is the man. But uh, <laughs> but dude, I, I don't know. Like and then I started like following like it's he was kind of like one of those actors where it's like you, you recognize him in a whole lot of things and you almost subconsciously like you you know him without knowing who he was i don't know he was really cool though so yeah, i don't know high thoughts sad day indeed too many people are dying this year and let's just hope we don't have anybody else die here in the last month of the year yeah i, I mean think, i think they decided to get out before <laughs> before january 20th yeah what the fucking trump's president shit oh, yeah man. they got the fuck out <laughs> the writing on the wall <laughs> indeed <laughs> <clears throat> so going into our next piece of work, Christine. Yeah. You know, actually, uh, I, I saw this news come across my Facebook feed and I was super stoked. So Anne Rice, uh, who we all know wrote the vampire Chronicles and a ton of other really cool books, um, wants to develop and is in the process of developing a vampire Chronicles series, uh, vis-a-vis uh, -vis in the style of game of Thrones, hmm. uh, for television. And I think it's perfect. Um, I just recently, for the first time, read the Vampire Chronicles. And I'm still in the process of reading them. Uh, there's what a book lot. are you on? I am on uh, Armand. Oh, so you're on the Vampire Armand. Yes. Which is book my five. book five. I'm on book <laughs> yeah. five. So I've got a, I've got a way to go, but um, well, there's but, two more books after that, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, and she just published another one, uh, the Vampire Lestat in in Atlantis, which oh. just came out like yesterday. What? Yeah. Okay, because yeah. because I read, uh, I I was reading those like all through my teens. I read those. I must I must have read all of those. the The first four books, the Vampire Lestat, the Vampire Chronicles, Vampire Lestat, Queen of the Damned, and the Tale of the Body Thief. I must have read those four books 
cover to cover again and again and again and again and again, Tale of the Body Thief being my favorite. You know, I've heard that and and I've been trying to 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 dig up a copy of it on the I'll, library. I'll, for I'll lend free. it to you. Oh, sweet. I, I've I've them. Yeah, I'll lend it to so you. You just have to give it back to me. So it's the Vampireless Stat where? In Atlantis. In Atlantis. The full name is that? Yeah. That reminds me very much of like a Connecticut Yankee in King Arthur's Court. <laughs> <laughs> in a way. But, you know, so here's the thing. Um, a lot of people have seen uh, the interview with the vampire film that came out you know, uh, back well, in the 90s. 93. Yeah. And, and of course, and that was like the quintessential viewing. Mm-hmm. Everybody railed against the decision to Quite have Tom Cruise as Lestat, mm-hmm. but he fucking nailed fucking it. knocked it out of the park. Was, and yeah, everybody loved Brad Pitt as Louis. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kirsten Dunst got her start. Uh, yeah. Playing Claudia, you know that movie was oh, brilliant. She's terrifying in that. Oh, it's oh, yeah, it's a lo- lovely. Film. Oh, terrifying and awesome. Yes. Um, you know, so but here's the thing, you know, in in the vampire, um, sorry, in the uh, interview with the vampire film, they they somewhat paint Lestat as the villain. Um, yeah. and and in mm-hmm. the book, he's kind of a villain, but kind of not. He's but just a brat prince. He's he is he's a brat prince. And when you get to the Vampire Lestat, which is the second book, which is actually really a prequel book because yes. it's all about his story before he gets to New Orleans, he's the hero. Yes. And then when you get to the Queen of the Damned, he is also the hero and and the rock star, which I find, which I think is really oh, yeah. fucking awesome. So I would love if they do this that it actually goes in chronological order, and we start with the Vampire Lestat go into interview with the vampire and then into the queen of the damned. Um, Cause that would be the perfect progression. And, and really um, Anne Rice uh, uh, is talking more and more about, you know, the stat really is her hero. Yeah. Of she this wrote series. so many books with him. Yes. He even appears in the Mayfair Witch trilogy. Right. Uh, and then there's, there's a book where with Lestat and the Mayfair witches big crossover because they both take place. She's, she's like in love with Louisiana Mm-hmm. You know, and 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 uh, uh, Baton Rouge in particular, she just place. loves it there. I've never been, but uh, that's on the bucket list. But yeah, no, she's it's, in love with that part of the world. And real creepy and all that. Good stuff. Oh, and I, that's great. But I also hear it's hot as balls and and yeah, <laughs> sweaty. Well, but, which yeah. If they do develop this TV series, they had better have that scene in the beginning of the Vampire Lestat where he fights off the wolves. No, that's the opening to the book there. Yeah. I mean, reading that was just like, whoa. And then when, when they start to get into this like devil worshiping cult that Armand is involved in, I mean, that, that shit was fascinating. Well, and they better read. do a good job with, with a lot of, so a lot of these characters, like case in point, Armand's character, yeah. he was in the books. He's like 14 or 15. Right. I mean, he's still, you know, been around for 400 plus years. But, but he doesn't look like, or at no. least the book... When you read his character in the book, it is not, you know, um, uh, what's his name? Antonio no, it's, it's Banderas. not Antonio Banderas. Yeah, no, he's Antonio. he's not Spanish either, no. you know. So, no. as don't get me wrong, seeing Interview with the Vampire when I was about 13 years old and Antonio Banderas, I was like, oh my goodness. Yeah, zing. But, you know, um, in the it, doesn't, it isn't a faithful uh, book adaptation of that character. There's really so much. I mean, these books, uh, the vampire, uh, the interview, of the vampire wasn't uh, a very big book. It's not a terribly long read. But then you get you get the vampire Lestat, and then you get Queen of the Damned, and those are both tomes. Yeah, those are you know some seven hundred pages, no double spacing. You know, like the <laughs> it's like you know like eight for the font size. You know, it's right? like really tiny. <laughs> it takes you for ages, ages to get through the books, but they're you, like, I devoured them and again and again and again and again and again. So good. 
and there's so much to work with that I could definitely see them taking a good five seasons. Yeah, and the whole, you know, Queen of the Dam book, which was the real big surprise to me so far as I've been reading this series. Because oh, you've got the sisters. Yeah, you got the uh, sisters. Maharet and Mekar. Yeah, and and that's something that, you know, the, the horrible movie adaptation didn't really even touch. Didn't touch either of them. Yeah, and and this this and how the Queen of the Damned became the Queen of didn't the Damned didn't bother with his mother, didn't. who's a huge part of the book. There. Yeah, 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 and and there's there's so much more that they could do with a TV series if they yeah. did it right, and it would be really exciting to see it. So, so do you want to see I this really go to like do. HBO or do you want to see it go to Netflix? HBO, Showtime, um, you know, stars one one of the one of the you know cable channels that can you know do all the things that we need. Nudity. Nudity. Blood and violence. Blood and violence and sex, you yeah. know. Um, however, if something one like Netflix did pick it up, I would be more than happy. I'm I think sure. Netflix is into titties, right? They're into yeah, they, well, they, they can, yeah. but it's more like side boob. No, I've seen straight up titties oh, on no, a few no, Netflix yeah. shows. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I is love there? titties. Yeah. Or, oh, yeah. Orange is the New Black. New black. Like, the first scene Lots is titties. Lots of really amazing lesbian sex with, you know, Oh, I that's true. Titties. They got a lot of, you know, we like, We see you Donna know, in the shower within, like, the first five minutes of Orange is the New Black. Titties, like, obviously, right. being yeah, titties. a metaphor Hell, they, did even, they even did a full strap-on scene in, in uh, Orange is the New Black. You don't say. Uh-huh. Was there a strap-on scene? Oh, yeah. I have some catching up to do, apparently. I've watched all of it, and I just don't recall a strap-on scene. Hmm. Either way, <laughs> it sounds like uh, Showtime or HBO or Stars or Netflix, if they pick this up. I mean, this is just rumors right now. This is, you know, this is, uh, she's, she's basically, she's optioning this out. Yeah. She's trying to get some traction. She's trying to get some backers. She's looking for a studio to do this and do it right, hopefully. Yeah. Um, I want to see it, honestly. I would, I would be a solid watcher. Mm-hmm. Um, an illegal pirater and downloader, of course. <laughs> I don't um, know. Part of me feels like HBO might not pick it up just because they had True Blood and everything else like that. But yeah, no, you're right. I mean, uh, I have a feeling like like it would be more likely to get op if it was to go to like a premium network. It'd be more likely to get option for something like Showtime or Stars. Um, but I mean, if it's to succeed, then it would definitely need to go to Showtime. Yeah, absolutely. And and Showtime can definitely do some really gritty stuff. Yeah. and they have um with like Californication and shit like oh, that. Oh yeah. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. There's there's boobies on Californication too. <laughs> there's a whole lot of those. Boobies. <laughs> Showtime's into the melodrama though. Yeah, yeah they like kinda I are. love Showtime, but it, it, as a general rule Well, it's you know like, what? What if this they need something crazy to replace happened. Penny Dreadful. Oh, they, they do. They need though. something to replace Penny Dreadful and this would be could be it and would be awesome. Yeah. Well, fingers crossed that uh <laughs> this uh this does gain some traction here in the next year. I would definitely like to see. She just celebrated her seventy fifth birthday. Oh wow! So, um, what? Wow. Yeah. Wow. So I mean, she's I mean, she's getting up there. She's not a giant corpulent mess like uh, J.R. <laughs> Martin are, is, uh, but because uh, I definitely remember, I remember you know the cool, the, the smart girls in sixth grade were reading her work back in the day. Oh yeah. Like, oh no, you don't understand. Not to say that it's all gender based and all that. Well, mind. she was also a local for a while. She graduated from San Francisco State University. Mm-hmm. And in Queen of the Damned, you know, the book takes place here in the Bay Area. Yeah. Yeah. Hell, she was uh, she was working as a, a waitress in San Francisco <laughs> uh, while she was writing Interview with the Vampire. Wow. So I mean, it's. She, I actually she had no idea city. that all. Well, because I'm not a huge book reader, unfortunately, but I had no idea that all those movies were actually connected. Um, 
I just figured, you know, they were all vampires. No, well, I mean, interview the vampire, what to do, what is the right way to go about making a vampire film? The Queen of the Damned, everything you do not want to do yep. when making a vampire film. She literally died. Oh, yeah, no. They and fucking they, overloaded the plane and crashed that shit. Was that a music video? That was a music video. That was a music video. Yeah, that was, yeah, 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 you, you're thinking of Aaliyah dying. That was, that yeah. was before the movie came out. And yeah, that was, no, that was oh, right I'm before. So sorry. Like, she died before the film came out, so it was like her first and only film role. That's why uh, I was gonna... Yeah, but she, yeah, no, the, the terrible music. movie. I knew there was a plane they, crash they in there missed, somewhere. They missed so many great steps there. Like, ugh, God, I, I could literally talk about this for a while. I know. So they overloaded it. That's what I read. So I want to do a quick uh, roundhouse on the panel here. Who's sitting in here? Of course, I am. Of course, the Luna Viking is. Lady Viking is here. The Lady Viking. Oh, hello. It's Petty K of the Ruffies. And hey, it's Chip DeVille. <sighs> of Chip DeVille. Of Chip DeVille. <laughs> <laughs> I, should, uh, I should play a song from each of you next, just so everybody knows how awesome uh, you are, and by proxy, we are. Oh, stop. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> you like I say that kind. like every time I'm on the show, because I fucking... It's, it's, you know, every guys. time uh, Mr. DeVille's on the show, we play his music, you know, so it, it's only fitting yeah. that we play some of the Ruffies, because you're here. Indeed. Unless you don't want us to play some of your no, music. please. No. I love my music. You want to do some shameless self-promotion real quick? <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Um, Luna, do you want to introduce the next story? Yeah, sure. Uh, so, uh, you know... I had a big sad when the former, I guess you can call them now, the former crew of, of Mythbusters uh, got kind of like ousted from the show because I really loved oh, yes. these these other three contributors that were there. and They got um, ousted? Well, I was, yeah. I, I never, like I watched Mythbusters, but I wasn't like, oh, they, I tuned in all the time. So did they get kicked off? Pretty much, yeah. They tried to renegotiate their contracts at a higher rate is what I heard. And... Discovery Channel was like, you ain't that important. Get the fuck out. Never mind. We don't yeah. need you. So they brought new people wow. in no. to they help out. They just they just made it all. Uh, Jamie and Adam. Jamie and Adam. It's the did Jamie do, and Adam show. Pretty much. Yeah. Did they do what? Two more seasons with them or just one more? Uh, I'm not really sure. I think they did like one or two more seasons with just Jamie and Adam and then, then they called it. Oh, so Mythbusters is done. It is. It is. Mythbusters is actually officially over. Oh, yeah. okay. Well, I didn't realize that. So go so, on. So, so these three, um, uh, Carrie, Carrie Byron and Tori Bellici and Grant Imahara, uh, who were formerly of Mythbusters, have now decided to say, "Fuck it, we're going to make our own show," and that show is going to be Fuck. White Rabbit yeah. Project. And it's going to be a Mythbusters-esque in that they're going to do all kinds of cool experiments and talk about all kinds of cool shit and blow shit up and fire and all that awesome stuff. Um, but it's going to be all on Netflix. And so that means... Uh, like binge watching. Binge watching. Uh, one of our favorite things to do now in the modern age. But uh, come December 9th, you can binge watch every episode and... Uh, we all watched the trailer, and it, it looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. And I'm really <laughs> glad to see these guys back. Oh, yeah. I fucking love them. They're, they were always one of, the, one of the best parts of the show. Um, gosh, I remember. I just remember. I mean, they went around. They were ubiquitous enough in my childhood. They were not childhood, but like teenagehood, where you're just like young enough to be like that, have that young, ridiculous crush on fucking Carrie. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. She was that in FHM. Mad. There was a shoot in FHM right before that magazine closed down. 
because we used to get that. Um, little bro teenage magazines. It was a good time. <laughs> but anyway, but even she showed up for that one season pregnant and you're just like, oh, no, I thought I had a chance. Um, and then Grant's the robotics guy. He's the, and then Tori is, they, they had a great chemistry. You know, it was, they were, they were wonderful. And I so, got to give it up to Carrie. Like she had that baby and then like the next season, bam, she was mm. back. True form. Awesome. <laughs> mm-hmm. And still is like good, banging. Good Damn it. <laughs> um, well, I always She's liked about, uh, I liked that Mythbusters oh, yeah. also was like based out of the Bay Area. Like a lot mm-hmm. of times whenever they'd go to blow shit up, they'd go out to like San Rafael or something like that. Or, yeah. And they were like, uh, uh, on Alameda. Yeah. 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 There Alameda. we go. Um, yeah. But like, I don't know. I'm just curious. Do you, do you possibly happen to know, are they basing this show out of the Bay Area too? I'm or? not hundred percent certain. At least the article didn't stipulate that, yeah. but my w- guess is yes. I would guess that they would. That's yeah. awesome. I doubt that they all moved the same other place i mean cameras have gotten so much better like just in the past like three years even like with gopros and all that sort of shit i'm sure that it's gonna be just as fun i mean i i like jamie and adam too but it's sort of getting corny towards the end anyway so i mean like this will be kind of a nice uh one of my big problems with the show is it just it was too heavily scripted yeah i Mm. I especially hated once I started seeing them do cameos in other TV shows and sitcoms. I was just like, okay, I'm kind of done. Yeah, right. Like it was, it was cool when it was like unique, and then it was just like they were almost becoming a parody of themselves. So if they can, if they can revamp that original format, I think this show's gonna be fucking great. I did an audition for Tori once for something and showed up super stoned and fucking <laughs> walked in and was like, oh shit, that's Tori with fucking Mythbusters, and like went straight to the bathroom and washed my hands and face like nine times, and then came out and did the audition. But I just, like, I was just a fucking dum-dum. It was just crazy. Like, it was a long drive and the fucking traffic, and I was just like popping a fatty, and just didn't even realize. True PK style. I didn't, I didn't realize, yeah, they don't, they don't tell you who it is. It's, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was great. I didn't, get, I didn't get the fucking pot, but, you know, it was... <laughs> but was, you had fun. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, that's was, always I good. Was high as shit. <laughs> what can you? What can you complain about? So yeah, no this this looks like it's going to be a lot of cool, a lot of fun. Um, you know, something to watch in between. You know, watching your other drama shows on Netflix. So, uh, December 9th and uh, yeah, it looks like it's going to be awesome. I think uh, Mr. Deville and I are. Uh, uh, well, I'm going to get a, a, a good bottle of alcohol. And I think uh, Mr. DeVille is going to bring a giant jar of pizza and we're just going to chill. Maybe not here in uh, in, in the studio because I, I suppose uh, we'll we can, probably we get... Can have a, we can have a listener watching party at my place. It's there we cool. can go. A listener watching. Actually, maybe we should try to put a little something together there. So, That'd be uh, fun. We get some peeps over to yours to watch this. Yeah, I but, have uh, a TV and a couch. You've got a big fuck-off TV and, and a, and a long-ass couch. <laughs> big fuck-on couch? That um, happens sometimes. Wow. I'll make sure. I've... Actually, I haven't fucked on my new couch yet, so. Scotch God. So, ladies. Some Scotch God. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If you want to get down with Mr. Yeah. DeVille. If you want to help me oh, pop oh. that cherry on the couch, that's. Uh... <laughs> While watching uh, the White Rabbit Project, then uh, give us a call at 408 I'll bust a few for you. <laughs> okay, that's bad. <laughs> oh, me. I wonder if anybody has ever said that to any of them. <laughs> Oh, I'm sure wow. there's there's got to be some sort of like awful sex puns that have happened amongst that entire crew. Oh, sure. Yeah. Sure. Do you think any of them is fucked before we do? <laughs> oh, absolutely. Somebody's had to have like, dude, there's, there's got to be some dirt on that cast. Uh, PK, the media wench has informed me that you need to keep your fucking face in that mic. Oh, thanks, mm-hmm. mom. Sorry. 
Miss yeah. you, baby. Yeah. Um, so uh, <laughs> since uh, since Mr. Deville here uh, dropped that uh, myth busting bomb on us uh, just now. <laughs> wait, wait! Before we play my song, can I just say what was everybody's like favorite like standout MythBusters episode? Oh, that's a good question. I, I think like my first one that comes to mind was uh, one of their superhero specials, but I think it was the second one, not the first one. Okay. They did, they did like all these like, well, what could happen if we actually did this? And they took a whole lot of like Batman things, and they busted a whole lot of myths. But it was a great episode. Like that was one of my favorites. I think that was like what really hooked me into the show. Okay. Anybody else? Yeah, my favorite was when they did uh, Shark Week because I oh, love yeah. sharks, and they busted some of the stuff that was seen in Jaws. I like how that. how you know could you actually blow up a great white shark <laughs> with a tank full of of air? You know, and and they found out well it, it would actually be really effing hard. Um, was there and, a disclaimer at the beginning of the episode stating that no great white sharks were harmed in the making you know, of this video? I, I, I don't remember if there was, but I, I know for certain that there wasn't any great white sharks uh, harmed because they made one out of foam. Okay. Um, but And uh, even the foam ones didn't explode. It, yeah, it did. It did. Oh, it did. They blew it up. Okay. Um, but I think that the coolest thing about that episode was just uh, could a shark actually ram into a cage and break in? And sure enough, it's plausible. Ooh. I do remember that one. Which wow. which is really interesting because I want to go to Australia and go uh, diving uh, in a in a cage with great white we're, sharks. We're doing this thing at some point. We <laughs> will. Yeah. Uh, PK, how about you? Oh yeah, I don't I don't remember the exact myth, but it was definitely Adam Savage drowning in like a pool for some reason, in, or like in like a water tower, and it was a whirlpool or something, and he was like had to be down there, and it was just him being like, oh, this is hard. I might, <laughs> I might die. <laughs> that's always that's always the best part. It's just like, all right, we're gonna fuck it. What what happens when you drown in a car? Oh, you drown in a car. <laughs> I remember that one too. Yeah, dude. I think I've said uh, I've said so earlier. Um, I I watched a few episodes, but none of them were really particularly memorable. I haven't. I I had cable for I think like three or four months last year when I'm before I moved back to the studio. Uh, and then before that, I didn't have cable for like three or four years. So I basically have not had cable the entire run of their show. Oh, wow. um, so I would catch, you know, episodes here and there. But eh, cable. It's just Who a needs fun it? show to watch when you're high, like how it's made. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, I, I usually, when I did have cable, I was just, I just would watch BBC. <laughs> I just fucking, watched BBC all the time. I, I, the fucking Rick and Morty with how it's made. Have you guys seen the parody? No. no. Rick and Morty does a parody of how it's made, and it's the funniest fucking thing in the world. We're like, going to watch that after the show. Yeah, yeah please, we should. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. think just, we should. It's, it's just like a 10 it's minute thing. Perfect. It's even shorter. Oh, it's excellent. Great. Okay, yeah, we should definitely watch that. Uh-huh. Um, okay, so we are now on to the science and technology portion of our docket. Uh, this is Face for Radio, in case you're just tuning in. And uh, this is the Lady Viking now helming the ship as Vikings should. And along with me is... This fucking guy. That fucking guy. That fucking guy. And a couple of special guests tonight we have... Patty K. And it's uh, Chip DeVille over here. Yeah. Yeah. From New York. Is that your gangster voice? <laughs> I don't know. I'm just It's fucking, not bad. It's not bad. Not bad. Yeah. yeah <laughs> it's better know. than Ben Affleck's. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> 
Anyway, so uh, so topping our science and technology docket uh, tonight, I came across a really cool article uh, this week about um, an estate in Ireland that is going to plant the largest grove of redwood trees outside of California. Oh, hi. Now, as most Californians know, and, and hopefully most, um, redwood trees uh, thrive really well where it's foggy. Yep. And so Ireland is actually like the perfect climate for this. And uh, so apparently this guy um, created this initiative called uh, the Giants Grove. And he is the seventh Earl of Ross. Rosé. Rosé. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And uh, his name is Brendan Parsons. And uh, apparently he's a part of an organization, uh, an environmental organization called CRAN, which promotes... That would be CRON. CRON. Well, thank <laughs> you very much, Mr. I went to Ireland and England and shit last year. Anyway. Uh, this year. This year. Well. I like organic things called cron also. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's basically an organization that promotes the preservation of trees and woodlands uh, throughout Ireland. And basically the plan is, is that they're going to plant around 2000 redwoods and it's going to make the site the biggest redwood forest outside of California. That's awesome. Isn't it? Beautiful. Uh, now, I, I like the idea of this in theory, but uh, it's quite the undertaking. I mean, that's, you know, 2,000 trees, and Lord knows they've got enough area there. Um, and I would assume that they're probably going to do it um, in the northern latitudes. It's a bit colder up there. It's a bit foggier up there. But these redwoods take, you know, a thousand years. Yeah, like hundreds to, get, uh, like to hundreds even get started. Years. Yeah, really. Um, you know, the, the old, old redwood forests in Northern California have been around, you know, for several thousand years. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, this is, I mean, this is, uh, I, I admire what he's doing Ta- for the project. Taking the long view of humanity. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I admire what he's doing for the project here in, in regard to the project, I should say. But, you know, for, for, for them to see any serious results, you know, and to see this actually prosper and work. It's going to take a couple hundred years. I mean, I haven't yeah. gotten a chance to read the article, but I mean, have they maybe tried to transplant like an already living uh, redwood tree yeah, or well, anything moving, like that? Or moving they, the big guys they... has got to be difficult, but I, I'm not entirely yeah. sure. I, I actually saw a video of this device that actually picks up an entire tree I from its that. roots. Yeah. And uh, it for, so you can transport it and replant it. I don't know if they're awesome? going to try to do something like that with some of the smaller redwoods that are in California, maybe here. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, obviously for these trees to get to the enormous size that, that we have out here in California, it's going to take hundreds of years, thousands of years. Let's hope that the planet is alive long enough for that to happen. However, just because the redwoods out here are super old does not mean that young redwoods are not useful. No, no. I mean, (laughs) they will not still be there and like fucking sucking up all our toxins and pumping out some sweet, sexy oxygen. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's a big problem. So. This is going to actually going to be designated at at Bear Castle Gardens or Burr Castle Gardens in Offlay. Uh, and I guess that's in Ireland and I'm not sure, certain what region of Ireland that is. Um, but it it's obviously got to be enormous because uh, we're talking about 2000 redwoods here. Um, so I, I thought that that was just a really really cool idea. Well, well, by the time that that they finally have their big like 
Redwood Reserve. I have a feeling like most of the California ones will have turned into condos anyways. Like they'll still keep the trees there, but oh. it'll be like Redwood condos or something like that. I don't know. I, like I hope not. I hope that we're <laughs> just not in existence anymore. Maybe the and bubble that the will trees pop by stick then. around. Uh, maybe maybe the bubble will pop by then. It's nice to say for you, you get to live. What about the future humans? Um, <laughs> they so still want to be around. That's located uh, right dead center in the middle of Ireland. Oh wow! Like uh, like right in the middle of Ireland. Um, is there is there a lot of public support for this program as far as uh, the Irish go? Like, are they like, all right, we're gonna have we're gonna have redwood trees? You know, or well, they're uh, apparently reading uh, through the article. Um, once upon a time, I mean, a good many hundreds of years ago, uh, redwoods were as uh, prolific in Ireland as they were in California. Oh, but wow. they're due to deforestation. Um, you know, people building houses, etc. You know, they were all just taken. They were cleared out completely. Like every single one of them was turned torn down. Wow! Um, Super wow! Yeah, yeah. I mean, hell, man, you could build two houses out of one of those trees. So, um, why not knock them all down? Yeah. Echoplex Media, you learn something new with every podcast. <laughs> I'll love you. Always Especially have. this one. So uh, I could I, I, I'm looking forward to seeing if this 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 goes through. I mean, obviously this is uh this is what did you say? It was a count? Um it's uh an earl. An earl. So mm-hmm. the guy's got some money. I mean he owns an oh, estate yeah. here and he wants to put two thousand of these redwoods in there. I wonder about the location though. I mean, but that entire Ireland uh, island is uh is foggy and uh, cold and clement weather, so I'm sure it'll be just fine. It'll be perfect, yeah. Apparently, uh, this is uh, in response, uh, not also, not only to replace um, an indigenous plant that was once in Ireland, um, but also um, to help combat the declining population of them here in California. Um, apparently, with uh, you know uh, the fictitious global warming that's going on, <laughs> um, the uh, the population, the native population in California has steadily uh, declined at uh, a fairly alarming rate. Um, the uh, the area that they're they are the temperate climate that they're used to being in uh, is now getting warmer. It's yep. less foggy. It's less wet. So the health of these plants, uh, these uh, these trees, is uh, is again is is declining. A lot of them now are just hollowing out. Now uh, with it being uh, warmer, they're susceptible to a lot of these uh, um, termites and 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 bugs that are you know continuously going in and just eating away at the innards. So you just have these hollow standing husks. Which eventually fall over. And um, let's not forget, like, our mandatory bi yearly fire in California. You know, it's always got to happen somewhere. Oh, yeah. Oh, like, bi, bi, bi yearly. Bi yearly. Well, Every like three year. or four times a year, too. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's this was a bad fire season. Yeah, that's true. It so, was. It was a gnarly one. So. Oh, we even saw that one over on the Santa Cruz yep, mountains. I know. Recently. I watched that for like three days. I thought a plane crashed. I th- yeah, I thought some major shit went down over there. It was bad news. Yeah, actually, that was really scary because you saw that huge, like, you know, the it looked column. like an H bomb went yeah. on. Off in yeah. the in the forest and my dad lives uh very near there so i was like freaking out the whole time going oh god i hope his house doesn't burn down kenny so, thomas kenny as well. thomas was yeah. yeah he was affected by that but luckily it it uh it didn't get that far so um and then there was a fire about six years before that that literally came up to his property line before it stopped um so yeah well no this is good we we need to keep the redwood forest going and um you know i this this earl in Ireland, you know, I would I would love to shake his hand. This is an awesome idea. I hope they can pull it off. It's a really cool idea. Yeah, and keep keep the the population going. Um, you know, because humans suck sometimes. I'm I'm gonna put this on my uh on my uh, travel list next time I'm in Ireland. Oh yeah, I'm gonna go there next next time I go over there. By the way, it's I'm gonna skip England altogether. 
except for like the tail end of my trip. But I'm just going to spend a lot more time in Ireland and a hell of a lot more time in Scotland. Oh, of course you are. Of course you are. Hi, laddie. <laughs> well, uh, our next story on our science and technology docket um, is actually potentially pretty awesome news. Uh, as as we yeah. have been following... Um, there are a lot of plans with uh, SpaceX and a lot of other different groups like NASA uh, to get our asses to Mars fairly soon. <laughs> I want to go to Mars. Get your ass to Mars. Get your ass to Mars. Get your ass to Mars. <laughs> See you at the party, Rick. <laughs> Quato. <laughs> uh, anyhow. Uh, there will be posters all over Mars oh, colony of anything and everything from that movie and in every shower. Every male shower, the three-breasted woman. <laughs> Absolutely. The original one. The original Yeah, the original not, one. Not that second piece of crap. So as we <laughs> continue to explore Mars and send out more satellites and stuff for imaging, uh, we're looking at different areas of the planet that, that could possibly be perfect for a Mars settlement. And they uh, want to find a place that actually has ice nearby because ice can be used for rocket fuel um, if they need to develop their own rocket fuel as well as a source of water and potentially oxygen. And uh, so as it turns out on one of the most recent, uh, you know, knowledge gathering missions that, you know, NASA and everybody else is doing is that they found uh, a sheet of ice uh, about the size of New Mexico in uh, Utopia Planitia, and it's uh, it's over t- it's a two thousand mile wide basin uh, located in an ancient impact crater, and I mean just imagine that right Utopia Planitia that sounds like an STD that you want to get. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I met her at the bar the other night. <laughs> well, um, so. We know that there is ice on the poles of Mars, and um, but the the climate in in those uh, poles are actually is actually kind of pretty harsh. Very harsh and unforgiving. The great thing about Utopia Planitia is that it's uh, a less harsh environment uh, for a potential settlement. So this this news is pretty big. I mean, it's it's fairly you know certain that maybe if we do finally get a mission to Mars, this is where they're gonna set up. This is where they're gonna you know set up all their shit and start developing. So, I mean, so I know that they're saying ice. I am like, are they meaning like the similar kind of ice that we'd have in a glacier or basically. I mean, is this? Yeah. Yeah. I basically mean, it's, it's, how, it's what it is. It's a Martian glacier. So, I mean, how do we know? I mean, I, I guess this is purely stoner speculation at this mm-hmm. point, but I mean, like what if we melt that ice down and then some humans drank it and then they just like, you know, Grew tentacles. Or something. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. No. No. This is this is straight out of science fiction right yeah. here. Yeah. This is what happens if this water has some kind of little microbial device or uh, you know uh, or if- uh, being in it, and you know once we ingest it, once we give it uh, a proper environment with which to multiply, how do we know that it's not just gonna you know become some uh, uh, um, <clears throat> um, what's the word I'm looking for here. Uh, that it's not just going to take over our bodies, yeah. you know, you know, consume. Hello, my honey. Hello. A <laughs> biological contaminant. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Thank so, you for bringing the brain to the well, table. You had mentioned, you had mentioned that they could use it for rocket fuel. Like, do yeah. they go into that at all in the article? They, they, which you, you take, you take uh, uh, water and you split it into its baser elements of hydrogen and oxygen. Mm-hmm. And you can take those two and then you can, uh, there's something else that you can bond with it. And then you can basically, I mean, what you need 
for for a good rocket fuel basically is hydrogen. Hmm. Yes. So I mean that, that there you go. You've got you've okay. got potable water. You can grow uh, plants with it. Uh, you know you can use it in uh, you know uh, your habs, and then you can also make rocket fuel. So hey, wow. you can you can go there with uh, less resources. Well, initially I imagine they'd go with everything that they need, but once yeah. they can figure out how to refine this and 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 get this to work, then you know the 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 missions ferrying back and forth between Mars and Earth will be substantially lighter. Wow. Uh, due to the fact that they basically will have like a little base set up there, like a launch pad. And and if you think about the gravity and like how much it takes for each rocket, like lift it takes uh, for each rocket to leave uh, Earth would be substantially less um, to leave Mars. Yep. The future is nigh. No, yeah. Well, the future is uh, right around the corner, uh, according to Elon Musk. Yeah, uh, I'm really excited about this. Honestly, this is this is this is honestly going to give so many so many of these Mars nuts a reason to ramp up the argument that we need to go to Mars. Because now there's a possibility. Good shot. Now there's a solid possibility that that we can actually sustain ourselves. Yeah. So you know the 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 thing about the settlement is is that we we have to be able to sustain ourselves if we're going to get any kind of longevity out of it. Mm. It takes like a year to get to Mars. And a year and four months. Yeah. It takes forever to get there. And that's and, and that's with the, the 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 right alignment there. You know, with yeah. Earth and Mars being as close together as possible. You know, you shoot off from Earth and you line up for for the closest possible trajectory that you have with Mars. But let's be honest, you know, they can fuck shit up and we'll be well out of orbit if, you if, sound if like things JFK go wrong. for some reason right now. <laughs> and they line up in the orbit. They Sputnik. and to the left. Back and to the left. So I, I remember Back. reading <laughs> to the left. So good. Why was that yeah, show that only movie. two seasons? Oh wait, I'm doing the parody. <laughs> But I'm I'm really curious. Like I remember reading a while back that there was there was uh, there was talk about when they actually start sending people to Mars or whatever, and once it becomes kind of a feasible thing, uh, that the people that are signing up are pretty much comfortable like with the fact that they won't be able to come back to Earth probably like within their lifetime. That shit's fucking um, philosophical. I love it. Like, that's really deep, and like, I'm not sure where you read that. I mean, a lot the the first like two three waves of people who end up going to Mars, uh, some of them know home. that they're not coming back. Yeah, because there are catastrophes. I mean. There are so many contingencies, so many things that could possibly happen before you even get to Mars. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not to mention landing on Mars, being the first people to try to eke out an existence on Mars and to try to live there. So the first set of people who go sign up for Mars are basically signing their name on a dotted line saying, yes, we're probably not coming back, but we're but okay with that because that idea. science. Heroes. Yeah. There's, there's human heroes. I'll, I'll heroes. try to find that article later yeah, in the please, next song because it was really interesting. But yeah, like because there's there's people that are that are pretty much saying like yeah we're we're open to this idea like just for for the sake of their names will be down in the history books. Yeah, 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 exactly. I was one of the that. first people. Yeah, sure. Oh my, I fucking died, goodness. but I was like, one of the first people. If you on had Mars. The, if you had the temperament to be that kind of person, which obviously none of us do. <laughs> Because you know, I don't think they. I serve. love myself too much to I don't sacrifice think they myself. Serve alcohol on Mars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, somebody's gonna bring a nice, like Glenlivet, Glenfiddich bottle. They're gonna crack Dude. that bitch as soon as they land. Be like, all right, scotch, right, scotch. If you're at this level, if you're at the highest level of fucking NASA, and you're going to Mars, you're like. 
goddamn right. I'm fucking absolutely. It's gonna be like Armageddon, and Billy Bob Thornton's gonna show me like you Hi. can't do that. And fucking Bruce Willis is gonna be like, what do we? What are we saving? We're bringing whiskey to Mars. No, uh, definitely the, the the first the first two three waves, the first decade of of exploration of Mars is going to be fraught with perils and difficulties and guarantee someone will die a couple of someone's are gonna die yeah i mean there's already people that have died during the spacex project and absolutely all that sort of shit. so i mean yeah it's inevitable it's inevitable yeah yeah and that's those those will be the stepping stones of what not to do with future <laughs> missions like oh gee i guess that was too much oxygen in the mixture and they blew the fuck up you guys didn't even get to mars this time i guess better luck next time do you guys want to have a slumber party and just read the martian aloud <laughs> what <laughs> okay that's random a uh, three night event at Echoplex <laughs> Media so not live just us <laughs> like, no. no no we can talk about it afterwards and give the cliff notes have you guys listened to the audiobook of that it's fucking incredible no no yes. it's not oh it's so good it's way no, better no, than the I, movie I, it's I, way better I only than watched the movie the, the Matt Damon film Fuck the movie. Matt Damon <laughs> <laughs> movie is obnoxious the audiobook is transcendent. I will uh, maybe know. maybe pick up Good the audiobook. Know. I've trouble the with audiobooks. The movie was great, and so was the book. Oh. It, they were both really awesome. Well, I, I hear the, uh, the there was okay. a solid adaptation from the book to the film. It was. It was incredibly okay. solid. Um. So, and I did listen to the audiobook. It is awesome, but I I like them both. I wept. Uh you wept. I believe it. I'm sure. <laughs> I believe it. Into your giant cock shaped pillow. Right. <laughs> well, you know, he, my he, giant cock shaped cock. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, how, how much would we have to bribe an astronaut to drive like a a a, a rover and make a cock shaped thing on Mars, you know, in the sand or something, so wow. we could see it from space? A, a lot of money. Yeah, probably. And that would take uh, a couple of years. Yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> Course correction. Sorry, there's too much Irish on the tip of that dick. Just imagine, like, you know, like, this astronaut takes a girl out to somewhere with a telescope. You see that dick over on the planet? Zoom in. Right there. You see that dick? That's me. <laughs> you see the, the ball sack there? Yeah, I was driving then. Yeah. yeah. I did that. That was all me. No, Those are my crop circles, baby. <laughs> but but Harrison found this delightful story. Of course I did. And, uh, you know, go ahead and introduce it. Yeah. So I troll a lot of these science sites. Um I'm a big fan of uh, latest scientific finds as well as uh, new scientist because um, I'm kind of nerdy in that that fashion. I probably should have been a paleontologist. No. Paleontologist, among other things. Maybe an astronomer. Maybe in another life. Uh, you know, I'll be reincarnated into something awesome in sure. my next life because I don't think I'm done yet. But um, this story uh, was published a couple weeks ago here in Life Science, but I definitely want to talk about it for a minute because it's just weird. Yeah. So um, uh, over... 1,200 pieces of fossilized poo earn a collector the Guinness World Record. So uh, the gentleman in question here is George Frandenson from the U.S., of course. He studied paleontology in college, and it was then that he started collecting fossilized poo. <laughs> How's that for a conversation to bring a girl home from work? Hey, girl, you want to come home and see my poo collection? Don't worry. It's fossilized. Now, the official name for uh, these fossilized poo, and let me see if I can pronounce this without butchering it, is coprolites. Cop coprolites. Sounds yeah, right. Coprolites, or fossilized feces. Um, now, again, he started collecting uh, when he was in the middle of college, and he now has a whopping 1,277 
pieces in his collection, um, which he has amassed from uh, 15 different states in the U.S. and eight different countries wow. in the world. This guy's definitely put some serious time in. To all those girls in college food. who thought I was a weirdo, <laughs> fuck you. I got a Guinness World Record. Well, my wonder is, is did he find, is like, if he finds the poo, is there no other fossils there? Does he only collect the poo and gives the other fossils to other well, people? Well, I imagine it was more like, uh, okay, cool, we found these bones. Are you not interested in these little, you know, these little poo collections? Okay, cool, I'll take them. You know, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, I guess somebody could be like, no, sorry, that's my poo. I'm putting it in my museum, but most I mean, people probably don't give a shit because they found it. Well, it's valuable. It's but valuable. I mean, there's definitely like a lot of information shit. that you can get from it. I mean, like yeah. medically speaking, I mean, you know, you take a fecal sample, like to find out all sorts of shit about well, what's going on with you. As so the Viking and I were talking about earlier. Yeah. There's all kinds of information that you can glean from these petrified poops. Um, you know, you can, you can see what the animal uh, had eaten from, you know, the different flora and fauna, um, with the herbivore to, uh, you know, uh, a carnivore, you know, what, which, which animal they got. So you might get scales, you might get teeth. Um, I don't know this guy, uh, he's weird, but, uh, I'll, I'll give it to him. I'll definitely give it to him. Um, but if you're into that shit anyway, you're kind of weird. Like <laughs> pun intended. I know we keep doing that. Um, if you're into, I mean, I don't know if you study dinosaurs anyway, or like sort of that sort of ancient or prehistoric or whatever yeah era i think you, you really know the idea that like oh my god i found some feces that will prove my theses is <laughs> that was an accident <laughs> say that, that five times good. fast <laughs> <laughs> found some feces that will prove my theses but you're all about it you don't even recognize the fact that it's duty that you're reporting on you're just like it it's it's proof well um obviously um given that they are um fossilized they don't smell yeah but the uh i think he just gets off at dressing up gets off on dressing up like indiana Indiana jones Jones. yeah 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 yeah. (laughs) um but uh they do go for quite a bit of money i mean you know you can get small ones and sell for a couple couple dollars but uh the biggest one um the biggest one just sold at auction um for 10 grand yeah. And one of the big deciding factors is because it actually looks like a pile of poo. <laughs> You're kidding. It's like the the, the, oh, the better representation no. of an actual pile of poo you have, the more money you get for it, apparently. <laughs> the emoji version. Yes. Yeah, so... Um, the original emoji. <laughs> for this guy, the, uh, the most important piece in his collection, he is called Precious. Uh, and it dates from the Mycene That's epic. That's offensive. Oh, yeah. I know. I, I laughed as soon as I read it. My um, precious. But it's apparently, it's it's like, let's see what, um, it, it's from a, a huge crocodilian species that measured around 20 feet. And uh, I guess they the produced some, the like, crocodilian. The, the crocodilian, not, not the poo. <laughs> but uh, I guess they produced some pretty, pretty good uh, fossilized turds. So, uh, big, big shout out to this guy for, I guess, trying to pull off an Indiana Jones while her holding uh, two fossilized poos. I wonder. Hands. I wonder if he like if he like tries to link up with other paleontologists. Like, here, you get the bones, I'll get the poo. Like, you know? oh, I I imagine. I imagine that he's like, hey, uh, dibs on those little yeah. you know globs over there. Take all the bones you want. I just want the poop. <laughs> Will you be keeping that duty? <laughs> I mean, I don't. Know. I really. I kind of. I I secretly hope. Well, it's not now. Not now. It's not a secret. But I I kind of hope that uh that we get to see dinosaur clones in our lifetime. Jesus. You're a madman. <laughs> Chip Yes. I want him to come in miniature size. 
Yeah. Oh, that'd be adorable. So I yeah. can have it as a pet. <laughs> I want a I want a little pack of velociraptors. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I, I want to train them to 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 kill my enemies. <laughs> Indeed. Yes, eviscerate. I'll just say eviscerate. And you, just, you know. Are you all familiar with lizards? There's, there's a small version of dinosaurs that are <laughs> around right now. <laughs> what are you they, talking about? Dinosaurs are all birds now. Offshoots. <laughs> you know, a, you're right. That's, that's, you're where, right. that's where so, the tree just, the, so, the branches split. So, different, yeah. different so we need to breed a bird and a lizard together and then we can make tiny dinosaurs. Indeed. You madman! <laughs> Don't you call me that. <laughs> So yeah, um, fun little story. Yeah, it is fun. It's uh, it's unique. Um, you know, I, I think that it's kind of cool actually that this guy has just spent like years and years gathering up dinosaur poo, and and now he's famous. You know, Guinness Book of World Records. And now I wonder if there's anybody <laughs> out there like trying to uh, unseat his position unseat there. Him. Yeah, That's phenomenal. And I that, was wondering the same thing. That would be really funny if there was. Uh, so the second place poo collector for, right. for paleontology. <laughs> like who didn't make the cut? Watch them duke it out with like the fossilized poo. They're like, no, you bastard. <laughs> <laughs> they just get into this big fight. It'd be fun. That that would be horrible. It, would. it might destroy the poo. I'm a terrible person. <laughs> yes, you are. Savcat just texted me. He says, how come the guy, how come this guy gets a world record and the hoarders who keep all their poop just get put on a TV show and treated <laughs> like they have a problem? You know what? Um, uh, tell Savcat to jump in the mumble and ask that question. Yeah, jump in the mumble, Savcat. You, you are keep, the mumble room. You don't get to keep your own goddamn poo and then be a hero. <laughs> You have to keep million-year-old poo. You keep your That's own right. shit. It's just weird. You keep dinosaur shit, and you're you're golden. Apparently, it's, it's got to be petrified and hard as a rock. You know, you got to wonder if you walk into this guy's house. Like, mm. do you walk in the front door, and the atrium right there on a pedestal is just a big pile of poo? Or is there maybe like a hand sanitizer station like right there on the wall? You know? <laughs> I'll, bet I'll bet it's more like a library oh, yeah. <laughs> with, a, with a rolling uh, ladder. <laughs> it's just like. Do you want to touch my poo collection? <laughs> hey, girl. Rub that one. It's, I got it's something I want to show you. It's chronological. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's how he gets off. Awesome. <laughs> okay. okay. All right. Are, yeah. we, are we done talking yeah, about yeah, poo? We're, we're, we're done talking, talking about, about poo. poo. Excellent. All right. Well, uh, well Harrison um, has a, a cool-ass story, and I, I actually Thank you for saw the validation. This. Yeah, no, this story is is actually uh, really cool, and, and the idea behind these things is really cool, so take it away. Okay, so, uh, you know, death is a regular part of life. Everybody knows this. It's a sad fact, but it's uh, it's it's the truth. Death and taxes, that's what we are guaranteed in life. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> now, generally when people die, you're interred in a coffin or you're, uh, you're burned and uh, put in a little urn, which is definitely, uh, you know, what I mean to do. Um, but if you're keen on keeping your loved ones around in a, in, in a more spectacular fashion, then why don't you go with a Seattle company, uh, by the name of artful ashes, they will take a piece of your loved one's ashes, mind you, not the entire, entire, um, urn, but just, uh, just a piece. I think it's, uh, one tablespoon of your loved one's ashes and they will include them in a glass orb. Or a heart. Uh, now they say that the artist will capture the essence of your loved one's spirit in a swirl of color essence. and ashes, sealed forever within beautiful glass art. 
Um, Did you point at me because you want me to stop? No, I, 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 I got a kick out of it, actually. You're giving a lot of ambiance to it. I appreciate it, PK. Yeah. Um, the, 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 the first piece that you see, I mean, it, ugh, this looks like uh, this guy's holding um, a reproduction of Jupiter in his hand. It looks like the galaxies beautiful. from uh, the end of Men in Black. <laughs> yeah, like the little orbs that they're yeah, holding. Yeah. It's brilliant. Yes, it does. It looks like a little swirling world in your hand. And... Um, that's fucking badass. Is it? Is it not so cool? Um, they not they, I mean, they do globes, but then they also do heart shapes. The marketing on it's pretty fucking brilliant too. Oh, yeah. Just how they word it and everything. I got a dead grandpa. I got two dead grandpas, and you know, if I could, you know, have them each in different orbs, yeah. and then swirl them around like balls in my hands, and be like, "Grandpas, you never met, but look at you." together right now you know in death in balls in my hands i saw this and i immediately thought of my uncle who passed well over a decade ago my grandmother still has his urn um kept away and i know that if i asked her to do this um she would she would give me her blessing and i'm actually really keen to do it because these are gorgeous and it's just kind of it's a little cop macabre it's no it's, a little it's, macabre. Fucking, it's brutal but like so if one of if if you know, if if, if if I died, God forbid, and fucking you know, you could. It's going to happen eventually. Exactly. But you could, like, you could, like, imagine if you could make fucking 20 of them. You make 20 of them out of enough of your ashes, and you give them to all the fucking cool kids. You give, you give a little bit of me to everybody. Like, that fucking shit, but that would be balling. Like, so when you pass, basically, you give us permission to take your ashes and make, I don't know, 30 of these and pass them out to all of your friends and yeah. loved ones. Like, and, here's a piece of PK. Yeah, it'll be like a wedding invitation where only, <laughs> or like the, only the good, cool kids get in and be like, Oh, that, that'll be the know. wake. <laughs> it'll like, be whole, that'll like, be the wake. debate about, like, well, I didn't get one. Well, I knew him for this. Well, I did him for this long. Well, how come I did? Because I'm this important. And, and you know there's going to be that one girl. People are going to argue about me when I'm dead because I hope so. Any of us. I mean, the you, the royal you. You know I'm there's going to be that me. one girl sitting in the corner goes, Why did they make mine with purple? Okay. <laughs> I like pink. In my orbs, thank you very much. And PK, he just wouldn't have. I'm sorry, this just is not a representation of what PK and I had. <laughs> no, uh, I'm just, I'm just. That's so fucking random. When when Ch when Chip dies and they melt him into dildos and I don't get one, I'm gonna be offended. I'm not gonna because that's how it's. How'd you know I was gonna make glass dildos? That's uh, wow. That's so insightful. I don't think you said glass dildos, but okay. Oh, oh. That they're gonna last longer. If you just, right. you just assume that glass dildos. Well, I mean, is just given the theme of what we're going with here, who could but, be made into any substance <laughs> when you die or any item when you die? What would it be? Eventually, yeah. There's got to be like a secret menu on this website like i'm looking at their actual <laughs> website right now but there's got to be maybe like a secret menu of course they do the orbs and the hearts but i mean like Where's i'm the sure secret menu oh it's in seattle the there's menu. got there's got to be at least some one person out there that's requested to have it like put on their bong exactly yeah, yeah right yeah. exactly yeah. somebody i mean i just i just watched uh i just watched a show recently where Can you it was, be made into bullets <laughs> I don't know. Wow. Would you mix in with the gunpowder? I don't know who I want wow. someone to murder me with, but <laughs> someone's going down. You're going to find your DNA at the scene of the crime. You're like, this guy's been dead for He's 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this <laughs> makes no sense. His DNA is all over it. But His but DNA we have is no all idea. over the shell casing. How is that possible? Patrick Kaufman, DOA, <laughs> April 25th, 2017. Wait. Did he Wait, face sorry. his own death? I just... I just prophesized your own death next so, year. I'm so, so sorry. In the, so in the future, when I'm president, 
And then 150 years after that, someone can kill someone with my blood. You know, it's going to go future style. PK 2052. Thank you. Thank you. No, I'm going to. We believe. No, the Ruffies 2052. The whole whole band is going to run. You're president and they become the cabinet. No, no, no. The entire band is going to run as four people. It's just going to be four people as president. No, because soon we're going to be able to. Because, you know, if if gays can get married, then bands can run as president. I mean, it's a a slippery slope, guys. Why not, right? Sorry. (laughs) <laughs> well what, what podcast is this what's going on <laughs> i gotta say uh the viking over here definitely wants a viking funeral now i know i'm not going to be able to legally do this so what i've told my family is when i die you cremate me and then you get a little miniature viking ship replica and you stick my ashes in it and you set it, set on, it on fire, fire. <laughs> um, yeah. but I don't know after looking at these things and how beautiful they are and how somebody can have them as in their house as this beautiful uh, memento of their loved ones, as well as the fact that, you know, the round ones, they look like planetary bodies. Um, I, I might just be like, except take one tablespoon of my ashes and get one of these. And what's cool about these is that they're about 145 bucks and that's wow. cheap. Yeah. Like an urn will cost you more than that. Oh yeah. Well, but again, this is only a tablespoon. Yeah. And you're looking at, uh, I think the human body burns down to, I mean, well over, well over, it's probably like half a pound yeah. of ash. Like a few cups. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's definitely a couple of cups. Yeah. So, um, I mean, you know, what's, what's a tablespoon or two? Yeah, it's it's not it's not much, you know. And by the time your ashes, you're not even going to give a shit. So no. well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so I think that's that's a pretty cool thing to do. Um, I'm wondering if they can engrave it with the person's name. I imagine. Uh, so that way, you know, if you were to pass it down ancestrally to you know generations of your family, you could be like, oh, this this is your this is your great auntie Christine, you know. Uh, th- these are her ashes, and we'll we'll never forget her. They're, they're, we're all a chess set. Like, oh, that's so all cool. of your relatives oh, are turned into a chess set. That's a great idea. That's that right there. That's that's awesome. Oh. <laughs> this is uh thank you, um, PK, for coming on the show tonight. You're awesome. Yeah, yeah. No, seriously. Well, can I make a music request now? Men with the um, actually, well, it's, yeah, that'll be the song that we close out the show with. But oh, yes, sure. uh, we'll uh, we'll we'll say goodbye. Uh, we'll say goodbye to everybody. Uh, big thank you for joining us tonight. I know we went over, but uh, we were doing a special section, which I think we will make earlier in the evening next time and do like, anyways, we'll talk back, back house. Good plan. Um, ever, ever in transition, the show is where uh, the, uh, the, the Viking and I are always trying to up our game and, and uh, experiment and try new things. So uh, thank you for uh, sitting in with us tonight and uh, sitting in with this fun little experiment, which uh, <laughs> I think was a moderate success. Uh, we'll wait till next month to see what's up. Cause We'll be talking about train spotting too next month. You mean oh, next year? Uh, yeah, next year. Yeah, 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 next year. I didn't, I didn't think about it that way. I wasn't. Yeah, you know that. Yeah, far. I'm just thinking next month. You know. So, um, yeah. Thank you, everybody. Uh, as usual, to uh, my partner in crime. Yeah, this is Lady Viking. You know, thank you for turning into Face for Radio, and you know, stay tuned. We, we like like Harrison has said multiple times. We do this every Thursday from seven to ten p.m. Pacific and you know follow us on the Twitters uh, F and Harrison and at Luna Viking and uh, you know call into the show and join in on the nerd shit we would love to hear from you big thanks to the mumble room for uh, for not doing anything yeah, Sabby, that was at work tonight, so he yeah. couldn't he couldn't be mumbling. 
and uh, and uh, uh, producer gave the beta male Sherpa. He uh, he was hanging out for a little while just to make sure everything was on its uh, on its p and its q. So. Uh, and big shout out to that man because this is like his fucking brainchild. This whole thing, mm-hmm. uh, everything that we're doing is because of him. And big shout out to Open Source as mm-hmm. well. Uh, we would not be able to run any of this without any of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the Ardor. That's the Mumble. That's the Cadence. That's the Butt. Uh, that's the Calf plugin. And of course Linux. And of course it all runs on Linux. Fucking so Linux. All hail Linux. Out. All hail the uh, Creative Commons Open Source God. Oh, that yeah. is Linux. Yes. Thank you uh, so much, everybody. Big shout out to uh, Chip and hey, PK. Thanks Thank for having me, man. I always love coming on this show. We love you guys. Um, What's your musical demand, PK? I wanted to hear, I believe you guys have some shit from Dr. Striker, my dude yeah. from fucking <laughs> Berkeley. I love this guy. He, uh, I saw him at a fucking open mic up there, and 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 ever since then, we, I, I've, I've been trying to impress him. You can't see uh, PK in the studio right now, but he's like thrusting his arms up and like mm-hmm. almost grabbing at his hair if he had any. <laughs> um, and Fuck then like, you! <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so, true. so we have three songs. We have our job is to party, which we did play earlier. Uh, I think, yeah. and then uh, America, and this is it. So what do you want to hear? Oh, I don't even know whichever one is good. Let's do America. America. That was Let's do America. We are America. America. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you everyone for tuning into Face for Radio. And if you want to, stay tuned for a little bit of red lights yeah. uh, coming up real soon. Uh, now, this is Dr. Strucker with America. Yes. Man. 